Nissan has been committed to the EV game since 1947. Their EVs have traveled 8 billion miles. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. From the North Pole to the Formula E track to your co-worker's garage. Put the electric at EV with the Nissan Aria and the Nissan LEAF. Visit NissanUSA.com to learn more. Nissan. EVs that electrify. Fate? Hello, Amy. Welcome to Diddy TV. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great performance. Thank you. It's a really fun new record, Diesel Palomino. Yeah, yeah. We it's only been out, what, about a month or two? or? Yeah, yeah, just over a month, uh, March 1st. Yeah, yeah. So you're from Kentucky. Hmm? When did you pick up a guitar? Um, I started playing in high school, uh, kind of just covers, learning other people's songs. And then I started uh, writing my own stuff and playing out when I was 20 or 21. So it's been about six, six or seven years I've really been kind of trying to write original stuff. Was it hard to get started when you when you first transitioned from playing covers to writing your own songs? Did you feel comfortable playing them for people? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Still don't sometimes. <laughs> um, but, no, definitely not at first. Uh, and, you know, some of the first songs I wrote were pretty terrible for whatever it's worth. So it's probably a good reason I felt uncomfortable doing it. But, uh, you know, everybody, you got to start somewhere. You know, everybody does. So I was lucky to, in Murray, kind of step into a very welcoming original music scene you know they had open mics and every now and then there would be a show uh you know with original music so it was it was a good place to start for sure i know a lot of uh, musicians that come through here say it's really hard to really write a good song because to get there you almost have to put yourself out there and that's really hard to do yeah i mean you know you can you can write about anything um you know but if it's your own experience it's going to show i think you know it's 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 going to come across that you have that you know that you lived it in one sense or another you know i think you can empathize and write about anything you want but sometimes it's easier and more uh you know up your alley to kind of write what you what you know what you've learned you know i think everyone has a very interesting journey um regarding how they got there as a musician. And I know that you started out, you were busking, mm -hmm. you were traveling mm -hmm. around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where all did you go on um, well, on those trips? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've played in New Orleans. I may have busked in Memphis, I'm not sure. I don't think I have, actually, but I busked in yeah, New Orleans, Austin, Texas, uh, Denver, and New York and Nashville. I actually made the worst money in Nashville. Of everywhere. That doesn't surprise me because <laughs> yeah. there's so many musicians <laughs> right. there, right? That's, that's what I kind of chalked it up to, yeah, because there's so many other people doing it, and it's all over the place. People just kind of keep moving to the next thing, you know. So but. when you set up shop on a street corner, what's your ideal spot to set up when you're busking? Hmm. Well, outside of business, it's not going to run you off. That's <laughs> sometimes hard to find. A lot of places will tell you to move on, get out of the way, but... Yeah, I mean, somewhere where there's not too many other people, you know, any other buskers very close to you. You kind of respect the distance there and try not to get too close to anyone else that's doing it so you don't bleed on what they're doing and you know, find a lot of foot traffic. I actually lucked out in New Orleans one time. I ended up, you can't busk after 8 o'clock on Bourbon Street down there. You have to You have to move off. And I ended up on a street in between Bourbon and some really nice hotels on accident. So I had a lot of wealthy people 
filtering out from the bars had been drinking that threw quite a bit of money. I made pretty good money that night. Yeah, they had a few. They were willing to put in a yeah. few bucks. Yeah, would, which to them a few bucks is a lot more than what I would throw out probably. But yeah, I, I did pretty well. I was pretty lucky ending up there. But I don't. I haven't gone back to the sidewalk in a while. We travel and play shows more often now, so it's been a while since I played played on the sidewalk. Oh. But it is fun. What did you learn from that experience? I don't know. Um, I learned you have to be loud, <laughs> you know, when you're on the sidewalk. I Were you a, able to try out some of your songs? Did you find yeah. that some songs resonated more than others with people? Yeah, and a lot of times people, you know, will tip if they recognize it. So if they recognize, like, a cover that you're doing, a lot of times that's usually when I made the best money. Uh, but there was a guy in Atlanta that uh, lent me a guitar pick, and then gave me some advice. He stood there and listened to me for a minute and then gave me some advice. And it was uh, unsolicited, but it was very good advice. And I, ne I needed to hear it at the time. So, What kind of know. advice did he give you? That was Part of it was to be loud. Oh, you know, to be louder. To project, oh. Yeah, when I sang. But also he talked about transitioning between chords on the guitar, um, like doing a chord change to do it smoother, uh, you know, and kind of because I was still learning, I guess, at the time. And um, was kind of sloppy about that and didn't even realize it, but he pointed it out. And so ever since then, I've tried to be more mindful of it. So that was good advice. His name was Julian. <laughs> so, so you know, you, you were, you're out busking, and at some point you say, I think I can do this. I can be a professional musician. Oh, well. What was that moment like, and what, what made you decide that you could... I don't know. I still don't know do if I can. Do it as a <laughs> I still don't know if a, I can. A lot of people say that, but well, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a long long road, and I enjoy it. I, I really do. But you know, there's definitely moments of doubt, even still, and I think there will be for for a while to come. But if there was any point at which I felt like I really could do it, um, there's probably a buddy buddy of mine in Nashville that kind of gave me some relieving advice, which was like, you know, I, I enjoy creative writing regardless you know I enjoy songwriting a lot but I enjoy writing Poetry. in general yeah so he was like you know you're always going to feel compelled to do it so just let yourself do it you know always whatever form That's it good takes advice. yeah just kind of and it was kind of relieving in a sense because it was like okay well yeah I always am going to do it one way or another so let's just enjoy it and you know kind of find a direction with it you know so Diesel Palomino it's your second album mm -hmm. and um, how did it differ from your first album I think um, I had a I had a better idea of how I wanted each of the songs to sound going into it than I did on the first one. The first one was more of a free for all in the studio. It was my first time in the studio too. I wasn't used to you know live tracking or anything like that. Using a metronome, I mean, I was pretty ill prepared really to go in a studio. But I worked with a fantastic band, Leonard the band, um, and they were on this album also on Diesel Palomino. But this time, for Diesel Palomino, I just spent more time developing guitar tones and thinking about band arrangements and, you know, uh, where we're going to have a solo and stuff like that. So it was much more mapped out than, than the first album. Um, and I, I like to think it shows. You know, I think, it's, I think it's a lot more cohesive. Where did you record the album? At Loud and Clear Studios in Paducah, Kentucky. It's a great, great local studio. Uh, the engineer, Shelby Preckless, is awesome. He has engineered all kinds of different projects, any genre you can think of. He's, he's had his hands on it, and um, it's a real, real diamond in the rough around there, for sure, that little place. 
So what did he bring to the process that may have changed the music slightly? He from had a the original when you first started looking at the songs yeah. and then the engineer comes in. Hmm. What happened? Oh man, he um he had a really good ear for knowing how to EQ things and uh he played with the mixes to where it would open them up a little bit. You know, we you would listen to it and it would sound good and everyone had a good performance, but it was a little muddy almost. And he would know how to EQ the different instruments and pan them, you know, to one side or the other to really open it up. And it was kind of exciting to, to witness because it sounds like a different song. It's the same instruments and the same, you know, everything really, but just engineering it slightly differently really opened them up and kind of gave them life. And we were able to have some fun with uh, doing like a reverse snare hit on one song that kind of gives it a weird feel. We kind of played around with different stuff like that and had a really good time. So the first song you released was The Stars of Tucumcari? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And what, what what was that song about? It sounded kind of an, there was an interesting story there. Yeah, um, I had written it at a time where I was kind of reminiscing. I was, at the time I wrote it, I was living uh, here and there, you know, in Murray. I didn't have a place, really. I wasn't, you know, steadily doing any one thing, just kind of bouncing around. And I was staying in a hotel. Uh, I got a hotel for the night. And I had been thinking a lot about a uh, past relationship and how, you know, it, it was not a healthy one. You know, it, was, it ended for good reasons probably. But even still, I was kind of wrestling with it. But what I wanted to write was a song that looked at it for what it was without giving myself over to the feelings um, of, you know, regret or nostalgia even, you know, kind of. It's to feel those, but to not totally give myself over to them and kind of stand, even though I wasn't very happy with where I was at the time, to still stand, you know, on my own accord and not and not fall back into any uh, into any old relationship. Do you, you know? find the songwriting to be cathartic on some level? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in a weird way, ways that I don't really understand, it can really kind of take some of the weight off of, of whatever you're going through at the time and... You know, that's kind of my favorite part, you know, of all of it is whenever you sit down and you're able to, to get it out in the right way in a way that you haven't really thought about before but, you know, resonates and kind of says what you want it to. It's definitely my favorite part of, of playing music. And some of the other songs on the album were dealing with some really personal issues. I know mm -hmm. your, you, your father died, mm -hmm. I guess, in more recent years. Mm -hmm. and yeah, 2011, yeah. And you were writing about that experience, and 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 there are actually some of his photographs on the album. Mm -hmm. He right. was a photographer, right? Right. Yeah, he was a photojournalist um, who spent time in uh, the Middle East and Yugoslavia after it dissolved into a civil war and uh, split into several different countries. He photographed that, the fallout from that, and the invasion of Iraq in 2003. He went over there around the time that we officially invaded them and was photographing some of what was going on. Um, but yeah, yeah, he passed in 2011 and the title track is kind of about wrestling with, you know, not just, um, not just his trajectory, but kind of how it affected me and how if I wasn't mindful of how it affected me, I would then disaffect other people, you know, in intimate relationships by pushing this stuff off on them without realizing that I was still trying to deal with it, you know. It was kind of, I guess, trying to take ownership of your own grief in a way, you know, and acknowledge how you can uh, affect other people by not dealing with it, you know. 
It can be hard to face grief, though. And, but then, as you, as you point out, then if you're not dealing with it yourself, then you're inadvertently pushing it off on other people. Yeah, it can manifest in mm-hmm. ugly ways, you know, if you don't just look at it for what it is. You don't even have to, like, a, you know, I wouldn't even sit here and say that I'm over it necessarily. I mean, there's, there's times where, it, you know, I can look at it in a, in a joyful light, and then there's times where it's very difficult. But ultimately, to look at it, honestly, is the most important thing instead of, you know, acting like you're over it or acting like it didn't, you know, take a toll or anything, you know, it's it's kind of good to to be honest with yourself about how it affected you, you know. Are there any themes or takeaways for the listener? Well, um, I don't know. I think that, I think I've mentioned, uh, you know, to persevere at your own pace, you know, to, you can deal with these kinds of things in your own time and, uh, and you know not be not be drugged down by them you know but also acknowledge you know the pain that's there if it is there you know and and try to try to hang on you know and and see the light and be positive and and try not to push your struggles off on other people any more than any more than you're going to already you know are you still writing oh yeah getting ready for the next album oh man if i had the time and money i'd be in there right now i've got yeah i've got uh a few songs, quite a few songs on the back burner. And this album was kind of short, this seven tracks on Diesel Palomino. Um, I love the name, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that was kind of random. I really don't know. Because I thought it would come up at some point or another in the album release process, and I really don't remember the moment I thought of it. Uh, but I kind of had the phrase and then attached it to the song and then used that for the whole album title. But I think of an old western gas station for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of kind of meant to have that theme a little bit. I mm-hmm. feel like uh, you know with some of the song titles, I felt like there was a certain aesthetic that they all fit into, which is what I was going to say why it was only seven songs. I had more that we had recorded in the studio, they just didn't feel like they fit with that group of songs. I feel like they had a very specific feel to, you know, feel to them and the content kind of spoke to a certain theme and I didn't want to add songs to it and make it longer just for the sake of having a longer album I wanted to keep what felt like was that album just that album as a listener it's great to know that you've got other songs ready to go and we hope that uh hope that you come back the next time you put out your the the next album come back and visit us I would love to I would love to thank you so much thanks for stopping by yeah absolutely thank you 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 